welcome to another episode except again not really this is christian turns out this year we've all got plans i'm getting married actually got married uh, amanda is coming to the wedding actually came to the wedding uh but we're going to paris so we're out uh bobby is also going to paris it's it's a smorgasbord in paris i'm meeting him there and we're gonna float down the seine together while holding hands uh, Emilio has a birthday coming up, had a birthday coming up. Uh, happy 89th birthday to Emilio. Brush your teeth. Nick is going to Cali for the 700th time. I don't actually know, Nick. Have you been to Cali yet? Has that happened? No, not yet. Not yet. Okay, cool. Soon. Perfect. Because you love their popsicles. Anyways, we're recording some filler episodes that are not our regular programming. Basically, shameless fan service to our listeners. If this is your first time tuning in, I would suggest tuning out. Welcome an interview with Nurgle's favorite masseuse and meatbag, Nick. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. I'm proud to be here. Thank you, Papa Nurgle. Uh, <laughs> dude, I, I'm so honored to be your post-marriage interviewee. I know, dude. We did this before and I fucked up the recording and now I'm married and I feel like uh, a completely different man, you know? I'm, I'm walking around with my, my shoulders a little bit further back. Uh, mm -hmm. You felt different when you got married, right? Oh, of course. It was it was insane. I got married to my wife four months after meeting her. And we're still together after six years. So. Wonderful. It's great. We're planning uh, on having a second kid soon. A bunch of other stuff, so I'm excited. Nice, dude. What, uh, what drew you to your wife initially? Um, so I've always had a thing about short hair. And she cut off all of her hair when she got into the military. And so when I saw her, she we were like in a uh, in a shopping center on base, and I saw her with like short hair, and she was tall. And I was like, I told my friend that was with me there, I was like, Jordan, I'm gonna marry that woman. And she, he's like, you're crazy, you're just a big dumb crazy idiot. And I'm over there like in a neon yellow shirt because I'm in my like exercise clothes for the Navy. I look like a huge dork, and uh, I didn't end up talking to her until five months later. So. How did you talk to her? That's a, that's a funny conversation. So what ended up happening is we had mutual friends. So she was a linguist in a different language, and I'm a linguist in a different language. And uh, I had some close friends that were in the same class as her. And I was like, hey, do you remember this girl? And they're like, yeah, I'm like you should invite her to your birthday party. And so when she actually met me, like when she actually saw me in person, we talked for the first time. It was at a bar and I was playing pool with my friend and I saw her walking past the front window and like I immediately pushed like my five foot two friend out of the way and I was like, she's here, move. And uh, yeah, no, but we, we ended up staying at that bar and talking for like four hours. And got married four months later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, baby. Uh, yeah. What, did, what did you do for your uh, wedding? You get married on base or? No, so there was a, so my mom, I, I really got to give credit to my sister and my mom and my a couple of my aunts. They put together put together our wedding so well in such a small amount of time with like the budget we had. We ended up running like half of a restaurant that was like, um, in kind of like the main hub of Monterey, California, and we we invited a hundred people. That was a hard max. You know, we invited 100 and 100 came. 
and we we were sad we couldn't invite more, but uh, it was a great time, and uh, yeah, we got married on the beach, which was nice, and then everyone went to the restaurant. That is awesome. I'm glad it worked out like that. I'm glad you guys met and planned and performed a wedding in four in four months. Of course, you had been thinking about her for like five months. Oh, yeah. No, I was just like, I'm like, I need I need to talk to her. but I don't know how. (laughs) And then it was like I said, one of our mutual friends birthdays. And I was like, you should invite her to your birthday party. Cool, man. I uh, I I I met my wife. Wow. It's so weird to say out loud. Yes. Isn't it weird? (laughs) Isn't it weird? You're like. You get to do the Borat thing where you're like, my wife. My wife. It feels uh, oddly, uh, I guess, possessive. Like, I'm just used to calling her by her name, Rianne. It's weird for me mm-hmm. to say my wife. But, uh, yeah, I met her at, uh, I met her through my best friend and her sister hooking up on Tinder. And oh, jeez. They didn't work out, but, like, we hung out a couple times, like, mutually in, like, a big group of friends. And, uh when i saw her i didn't i didn't say i'm gonna marry her but i was definitely it was just like an instant sort of attraction when i you know heard her laugh and heard her tell like a couple jokes i was like oh yeah and oh, yeah. uh it took a while for me to but eventually we did start to talk and yeah we got married as well so and it was there by the lake beautiful alberta weather which it managed the sun managed to come out and it didn't thunderstorm so that was nice um, let's switch to the deep psychological trauma of being Emilio's nephew. How did that affect you? Dude, I said it last time when we did this interview, and I'm going to say it again. <laughs> kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, he took me to go see American Werewolf in Paris at seven years old. Mind you, that's not a movie you should watch because there's, there's like boobs and butts and other stuff. There's, like, people getting decapitated along with, like, a bunch of gore. There's so many things in that movie that, like, a seven-year-old shouldn't be seeing. And, like, I'm being traumatized, and Emilio's just laughing. He's like, oh, like, it's a fun time. (laughs) And the worst part is I begged him to go. I was like, please take me. I just want to be cool. And, uh, yeah, they took me. Did you feel cool? No, I couldn't sleep that whole night. I think I, we had a sleepover at my grandma's house because that's where Emilio lived. And uh, I was just like, <laughs> I was just like, I don't want to be here. Oh, no. Did you, uh, did, uh, did your parents ever find out? Oh, yeah, no, they know. And they got mad. At, well, my dad didn't care. My dad was like, oh, that's pretty funny. But my mom was like, that's her, that's her brother. And so she was mad. So I nice. can't believe you took him to go see that. There's other stuff to go see. Why don't you take him to go see that? <laughs> and Emilio probably just walking around. <laughs> yeah, no, like, Emilio, Emilio like, okay. did not care. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about the Warhammer Cinematic Universe uh, appeals to you? And like, what's a unique thing about it that people might not, uh, people might not know about? Um, so I think I actually had this conversation today. Um, it's really interesting on what the main faction, which is humanity, kind of like where they're at in, in their story. And that's like what every, like all the books they read. Um, there's not much of a cinematic universe yet. We'll get there. Like they're, they're working on movies and TV shows and stuff. I say that somewhat facetiously when yeah, I say I know. 
<laughs> for those who don't know, there is not a Warhammer Cinematic Universe. Um, but the uniqueness about it is that, like, usually in sci-fi, like, humanity is doing very well. Or it's, like, getting attacked or something. But it's not where the main faction is. The Imperium is in Warhammer. Uh, the best way I can do it is, like, a body gasping for air to stay alive. Like, and it's not looking good. Even though they might seem like one of the strongest factions or strongest races in the in the environment, that kind of like America, I mean, not America. Uh, humanity had its perfect times. Like, we had these amazing leaps in technology where we could pretty much make anything we wanted. We can travel, like, way faster than light speed. And then it all started crumbling down because of AI. And uh, that's where we're kind of at in the story. So Interesting. And humanity, I know very little about Warhammer, but humanity isn't like the good guys, right? So, there, so there's a very famous saying that there is no good guys in, in Warhammer. Everyone's bad. So humanity is the most xenophobic, religious, uh, like witch hunting religion out of them all it doesn't matter how good your alien race is how peaceful they are how the good at their they are at like negotiations and stuff eventually you will go to war with the imperium like there isn't like you are you will be always seen as second class to them or not even second class like trash like that needs to be burned so that's yeah. fun um have you ever boiled an egg Yes, um, and I boiled an egg one time too long, and it just got all gray, and I thought I messed it up as a kid, and my mom, my mom, my mom was like, oh, you pretty little idiot. Like, it's not ruined, and it tasted horribly. <laughs> Wonderful. I thought you were going to switch that around and be like, there was an embryo in the egg. Oh, jeez, no. <laughs> Balut, I've, I've had balut. It's tasty, but not again. I'm, I'll pass. Really? How tasty is it? It's um, it's a multitude of emotions and textures and flavors. You really just gotta go like whole hog on the thing. Like you can't just you can't be like, all right, that's a bone. I mean, like it's soft and squishy, but it's a bone. Like you kind of have to ignore what you're eating. Um, it's really chickeny, and it's <laughs> it's creamy. It's it's creamy chicken. It's creamy chicken in nature's can. Um, it, it depends on how long it's kind of like been sitting there too. Cause like some people let that shit stank. Yeah. But some people will eat it, you know, fairly, fairly seasoned and stuff like that. Oh so. my God, dude. It, it grosses me. I mean, I guess it's just, no, it still grosses me out. The The sight of it grosses me out. Um, it, no, it's, it's really hard to like, just look at. So that's why I said like, you just bite and you look away and you just chew and you're just like, Ugh. Maybe a good food for, like, an advantageous food for blind people. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I, like, I don't know if that's weird jelly beans right now. Yeah, like... I don't know if that's like an appropriate joke. But if it tastes good, if it tastes like creamy chicken, which doesn't sound bad, but it looks absolutely horrible, maybe uh, you know, that's one small small advantage. Um, how has being a father of uh, little Vivian? changed your perspective on life and another one's on the way you were saying so what's going on there 
so we're not she's uh the, there's not a baby on the way we're like planning like hey we want to get pregnant around this time and then we want to you know like possibly give birth at this time once we move here and like all this kind of stuff so we're like very much planning what we're doing gotcha in the logistics um, phase yeah exactly like we're like we're like in the prototype like not even the prototype phase the like we're, prototype we're like two we're like two years away from like actually having the baby okay cool like we're looking to get pregnant like probably like may-ish of next year probably earlier than that nice but this baby is a twinkle in your eye like literally like yeah, a, a planned yeah. twinkle okay and yeah, uh what's your perspective but, change like what happened it it's changed a lot um it's so i've been in ga- like playing games my whole life and i've gotten a lot of joy in my life from video games and i've gotten a lot of joy in life from doing a lot of fun stuff like partying and going to see places you know in the united states and sometimes in mexico um but having a kid is man it is so nuts like just an example today um a year ago she couldn't even sit up but today we're, we we started potty training yesterday today she looked at me wiggled her butt ran all the way to the bathroom mind you like the adult size toilet climbed on top used the bathroom flushed the toilet and came out and i was just like oh like it like i've never been prouder of anything else like graduated college and but my time in the navy is done in 21 days so it's just like not, none of that compares to that one time your child goes to the bathroom by themselves that's you know? amazing dude i want you <laughs> you're uh selling having a child very efficiently to me with this uh and trust me and they, like a lot of people say like hey it's hard right it, it, and it and it is um there are things about having a kid that's not for everybody but i always remind myself when like when i'm like super stressed out or whatever like you know some asshole somewhere you know raised kids and you know those kids are good people these days and if some if some douchebag can do it then i can do it you know nice like i i I can be a good dad yeah i feel like okay words of wisdom i'll remember that I'll say to myself, if Nick can do it, no, just joking. Yeah, no, that's that's perfectly <laughs> fine, man. Like, and and take that in a stride. Like Leslie, Leslie, we talk about it all the time. Like our our parenting styles, because we kind of, you know, we have the same parenting styles. We kind of have a little bit of different parenting styles, but we we never really fight or argue about anything, you know, regarding what what we do with Vivian. And so we just really read each other when we're with her and stuff because you can't discipline her two different ways oh she's just going to get confused you know um it's it's nice to know when and where you're having it and and you're having a child just all i'm gonna say is just be financially prepared i mean you're in you're in the canada so i'm guessing like isn't birth of a baby like 38 bucks uh there's no charge to have a baby yeah, for those in the for those who don't know, in the United States, I believe the average cost to have a baby is thirty seven thousand dollars. That's fucking wild. I shouldn't say there's absolutely no cost. Rianne is a labor and delivery nurse, so she works in the hospital, and there are like things that they might upcharge. Like if you want your own postpartum room after you have the baby to chill in mm-hmm. in that day or two, uh, you have to pay for that. If you don't want to be in like a big room with a lot of people, like they sell like private rooms. And they sell like some other like accoutrement and stuff, but yeah, just having the baby is is free. Yeah, it, it's and that's that's pretty awesome. Like I I hundred percent think that's so cool. 
Uh, I misspoke. It's 13, not 30. I've got my T's wrong. Oh, 13. Um, okay, that's yeah. that's still a lot, but way more manageable in my mind. Yeah, it's, it, if you have a C-section, it's 22,000. Like, it's... Dude, that sucks because sometimes you have to have a seat. Like if there is something dangerous going on in the process of the birth, you have to have a C-section. And then if oh, you yeah, can't afford no, it, if you can't afford yeah. it, what do you like? You have to make an economic decision when there's a life at stake, which is, it must be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just you've already planned for it. It's coming. Like, what, what do you you can't really do anything about it. And the, And the worst part is that there's so many like predatory companies that like oh you you have three percent to pay back you know three percent apr to pay back on you like whatever amount to your insurance but if you miss a payment you end up paying like 40 percent or whatever like it's like it's super predatory for like uh, insurances and stuff for birth nice that should definitely yeah predatory insurance companies for birthing a baby that's like one of the most evil things i can ever fucking think of <laughs> you're telling me man i mean you're also telling the guy that lives in the country that slavery is essentially still legal so well yeah. i don't i actually don't know what why is it still legal i don't know about this so the our amendment that emancipated slaves um doesn't say that slavery i mean that forced labor is banned for prisoners oh right and so you we guys have, have a large prison population the largest in the world and most of those prisoners are used as cheap labor and they're like maybe paid like sometimes like 13 cents an hour yeah. i read a thread about this the other day that um the prison system was putting fisheries out of business because they were paying prisoners four cents an hour to yeah. can and do the fishing and selling it en masse to the market and it was putting like actual businesses paying real fucking people out that that that's crazy like oh Dude, man you're, te- you're telling me so i i have a criminal justice degree like a bachelor's and my one of my final papers that was like 28 pages long um was about like the like the systematic teardown and abolishment and rebuilding of like for-profit prisons. Um, it's, it's like, if you want to know some pretty bad, like human rights violations, you should like look up how much sawdust is in the bread that they give prisoners or that like they, they have vapes for prisoners. Right. And that like, they only last a certain amount of time, but essentially you spend 99% of your money on like a vape right if you buy it in prison with whatever money you make from your forced labor damn this is like real life it's like modern day american frost punk it's, a, it's nuts i'm telling you that's uh it's, it's nuts. yeah man there's so much fucked up um well about everywhere but oh yeah especially no. the united states <laughs> why <laughs> why did you start painting minis um so it was the middle of covid I always had like a tickle in the back of my head about Warhammer 40k. Um, there was a game that came out a while ago called Space Marine, which was like a third person like hack and slash game. And I was like, I was really into Dynasty Warriors when I was a kid. I'm like, this kind of looks like Dynasty Warriors, but with like space. And so what ended up happening is I played a game called Dawn of War and Dawn of War 2, which is a real time strategy game and arguably one of the best of all time. Uh, or the two best of all, like of all time, 
and uh, it super sparked my interest. Just like the variation of units and races and the amount of races that there are and just the diversity of things. And uh, it just it just drew me in. So I was like, I have nothing to do during the pandemic. Apparently, people are buying up miniatures and reselling them. So maybe I can do that. And then I bought some and I was like, oh, man, I'd rather just build these and paint these myself. Shit. So, yeah, I got addicted. <laughs> That's uh, I wonder what have you ever swapped entry stories with other mini painters? Oh, yeah. No, like we had a guy. So I actually just joined my local mini, like, mini, like, tabletop gaming club. Oh, congrats, um, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I guess, shout out to Augusta Tabletop. Uh, shout out to uh, Cardboard Castle Games. Shout out! Uh, uh, actually, I just did uh, a swap for, for from somebody there, and I met a guy named Doug who's, like, in his 50s, and he's, like, he's pretty much never played a game of Warhammer, but he's been collecting them for, like, 30 years. And so he's a really cool guy. Um, Shout out to Doug. um, Maybe he's listening to this. Doug's gangster, dude. Doug, if you're listening, wave, wave to us. (laughs) Wave to us, Doug. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll put it in the, in the, uh, in the discord because they, they have like a self promotion thing. Cause people, you know, paint minis for money and stuff. And uh, yeah, they, they just, it's such a good community. They're like, Hey, uh, if you want to learn how to play every Thursday at seven o'clock, we do learning games. You just have to bring 500 points of models or you don't even have to bring models at all. You can, you know, you can use our models, just, you know, be respectful and careful. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like the entry into, um, into Warhammer has always been super daunting from, or into any, any war game, any war gaming, like, uh, even the Star Wars ones, which I'm Dude, super the Star into. Wars, yeah, the Star Wars one is is pretty cool. I, there's actually a a channel on the Augusta Tabletop Discord for that Star Wars and, Armada. I look at yep. those, I look at those, and I'm like, I need to have all of these ships. It's like nine hundred and seventy seven dollars for a like Venator Star Destroyer. I'm like, yes, I will pay. <laughs> yeah. I would theoretically pay that much if I had the disposable income. Yeah, it's. The the world of minis and mini painting is so weird to me because there's like there's there's like this weird plateau or I shouldn't say like I should say valley when it comes to the value of miniatures like there there are box of miniatures that you can buy and you can wait like seven months or eight months and like resell it for you know like twenty percent more or whatever because it's like a limited run. But then again, you can buy, assemble, and paint minis and sell them for less than what you bought them for unpainted and unbuilt. And so you're just like, how does this even make sense? Are they worth and, more? Are they worth more unpersonalized? Is that like, because their their models are scarce themselves, or no, they're not scarce in any in any sense of the word. So nobody wants a paint job that they really can't see in person, you know. And so you can advertise, hey, this is this paint job, or you can take a picture of it. And until they actually get it, you don't know. And you might spend upwards of two, three thousand dollars on an army, and it says, you know, fully professionally painted, and you get it, and it looks like your twelve-year-old cousin just threw paint at it. <laughs> You're fucked. You know. Yeah. But there, there are very much ways to sell painted models, even if they're painted shittily, and get, kind of get painted 
I mean, paid a fair price. So, cool. Yeah. What it, is? You, go ahead. What's the most you've ever spent on one thing? I'm assuming it's like your house or something, but I more mean on like a hobby, like maybe a PC part or like a chair or like a model or something. Uh, um, so my wife actually mortgaged the house. She's because we were planning on buying a possibly a second house with my VA loan. Um, so it's not my house, believe it or not. I mean, it's technically my wife's name, but I mean, it's technically in both of our names, but her, her name, her signature is on all the papers and stuff. Um, I, I think the most valuable thing I ever singular thing I ever bought was my PC. Yeah. Now I would say my video card. How much was it? It was uh, a 1080 Ti, and I forgot the 1080 Ti. I forgot the 1080 Ti MSRP. Man, it's been a while. Okay. But I, I definitely know it's more expensive than any of the other components that I bought, including my 3070. So interesting. Okay. Well, maybe we'll have to look that. Up. Like, what are we talking about? Like three, three grand, three grand. Of no, monies? no, no. Like. Are you talking about like the just most expensive thing I own or just like actually purchase? Because I bought oh, a purchase. car. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You but like, know, yeah, no, definitely. But like a car. not a car, like something like hobby, hobby wise. Yeah. Hobby wise. Yeah, Unless you bought definitely... like a sports car, then I want to know about that. Nah, dude. I got that. <laughs> I got that Toyota Camry life, son. <laughs> Wonder. I got that breakdown at 400,000 miles, maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking around my hot, like the room that I'm in, which is like my hobby room and like. You know, the most expensive thing is the thing I'm touching right now, which is the computer. So, okay, well, yeah, fine. with with minis, the most expensive mini I've ever bought um, was $135. Oh, that's not that. I mean, that is a lot, but that's not as much as I'd think. Like the most expensive mini you have bought would be. I don't know. I just yeah, it, it's so there's like a level of minis, especially in Warhammer, where it's like. Ah, this box of 10 minis is $45. And like this single mini that's really big is like $99 or $125. And then you get into the stuff that is like made to order. And you're talking about like a thousand, two thousand dollars, you know? Right. Okay. So that's so. like pre-painted like by It's not the... even pre-painted. It's so like you have what is these made to order. Made to order means that like they don't just make like huge boxes of them and then just sell them in stores. Like you have to go to the Forge World website, which is like their website, and uh, you go, "Hey, I want this Manta, which is one of the largest models, most expensive models you can buy, which is like a Tau warship." And um, they make you the model, like they they unless they have some in stock or they're completely out of stock, then uh, they they will make you the model. Oh, okay. Oh, made. Or you specifically when you order yeah. it. I see. I see what it means. Made to order. Made it's to like order. It, it, there, there's a big thing in the United States. I don't know if they really advertise in Canada. Is when you go to like a fast food place, whether or not your food is made to order. Which means like when you go there and you go to McDonald's, are all the hamburger patties already cooked by the time I'm there? Yes. You know? 100%. Vers- versus when you go to like a restaurant and like a, and, and they're cooking burgers they're they're cooking burgers you know from frozen or from fresh and it's not already cooked when you get in there gotcha okay uh this probably just me being ignorant they probably but i've never heard of it but what you're saying makes 
100% sent. Yeah. Um, what about people pisses you off? Um, it's funny. Um, ignorance. I think ignorance really, and not, not like the way you think, but just like ignor- ignorance to, to just branch out a little bit, you know? There's a lot of things in this world that if you just opened up a little bit, you, you can live a way better and way more comfortable lifestyle with like less like hate or just less stress in your life. And like ignorance is one of those, one of those things that stops people from doing that. Cause like stress is one of the number one killers in the world. You know, you lose sleep when you lose sleep, when you get older, you know, shit starts to fail. And, uh, you know, sooner or later you're just having a heart attack or like high blood pressure or something. And, yeah. uh, as someone who actually saw that in their own health, imagine being 28 and told you have high blood pressure and you're working 10 hour shifts, you know, six days in a row starting at 11 o'clock at night, you know, working till nine in the morning and you have to do a bunch of auxiliary shit. Like it, it's, and yeah, I was like, they're like, Oh, you have high blood pressure. I'm like 27 years old and I'm like the fittest I've ever been in my life. Yeah. And I have high blood pressure. Like, how does that make sense? Yeah, I've heard that uh, working opposite shift work is a big indicator, a big indicator. It's it's a big, uh, it, it shortens your lifespan. I think Rand told me like between seven to 10 years, if nurses who work night shift versus nurses yeah. who, who don't, it's if you're messing around with your circadian rhythm like that, it can have some real gnarly effects if like you consistently do that year after year after year after year without a break. Mm. Um, yeah. Okay. It, it- yeah, and I, like to get back to the, the the question is is like ignorance is a thing. Funny enough, I'm gonna bring it back to Warhammer. <laughs> <laughs> I have a shirt, and of all people to compliment the fucking shirt was my mom, and it has like a guy with a huge gun on it, like a Rubric Marine with a huge gun on it, and it says the only true world. I mean, knowledge is power. The only true evil in the world is ignorance. So. I was like, oh, that kind of rings pretty fucking true, you know? Yeah. All roads lead back to Warhammer. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> definitely not. It, uh, it's... I see what you're saying, though. Uh, ignorant people piss me off, too. But sometimes I feel like I'm ignorant as well. So I feel oh, like... Oh, yeah, no, you, I know. I'm ignorant on so many fucking things. <laughs> I'm so dumb. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a not big saying dumb. like the Joe I'm Rogan big. thing where it's like, hey, you know, I'm dumb, so I get to say anything I want. Yeah. Like I, I wholeheartedly welcome to learn to like anything about anything really. And so it's like, you know, just take, just take everything at when it comes, like, just don't, don't just judge shit immediately and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about our car centric society? Um, you know, that's actually a big community that I've been taking a look at. And like kind of reevaluating on, right? Um, I think one thing that was really cool, <laughs> I mean, maybe the only thing that was really cool about the pandemic, um, was that like around the world we saw nature come back just from like the three weeks of like absolute lockdown we had around the world. And nature with like air quality skyrocketed in 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 like purity. Um, you know, fish were returning to places and all this shit and like birds were flying around and stuff. And we're just like, 
we come back and we turn everything back on because we're a consumer species and cars are one of those necessary evils right now, but eventually we'll get past it, you know? I think every city eventually, I think the human race is going to eventually ditch cars, just like we ditched the horse and buggy. Hopefully, that would be that would be kind of cool. Not completely, yeah. like um, if you're going on like long trips and stuff like that to a specific place, I don't know, like camping or, or fishing or something like that, then you need a car. But I've been looking into um, <clears throat> like the cost of owning a car for uh, a year for the average person is like 10 grand or whatever. And then mm-hmm. the cost of renting on those fishing trips or whenever I go camping, it, it would be like two grand at most, you know? And I yeah. wouldn't have the stress of have like, I don't know, like maintenance, maintenance, a bunch of other, like having to buy gas all the time. Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. All the, all exactly these, talking about. all these fucking stressors that you have when you have a car that you just think are normal. But I mean, they're not there because you have a car and people that don't have cars have other problems. You know, if they live in a city, they need to get around. That's an issue um, if they live in lots of cities. But yeah, I don't know. I've been I've been kind of orange pilled on this whole thing on on cars and what their uses are and how we've kind of normalized them and the freedom that it could give you if we just designed our cities a little bit differently and used cars as more of like those one off journeys instead of. Uh, or, or car sharing, you know, Amanda just came here and she used Truro. Which uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard about it, but it's people that rent out their cars like Airbnb. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a thing that's coming up in a lot of places. Yeah, it's like why why even rent a car? You know, we have all these people with cars that sit in their garages ninety percent of the time, not economically productive, and for what? You know, like for what reason? So if we can drive down the cost of it all by more people entering the market and putting their car out for for rental. Then less people have to own their own car um, and can spend their money on on other shit. Anyways, I'm kind of going off on a rant here, and this interview is about you. So no, uh... <laughs> no, no, dude. Like, and I'm so I would love to have a podcast to really just talk about whatever the guest wants to talk about, you know? Because I can talk about so many topics, and um, at least I can try. Um, and I, I feel pretty well versed in like maintaining conversation. And when it comes to like what we're talking about now, it's yeah, cars cars suck, dude. <laughs> like cars legit cause a, a bunch of problems in our world. And you can see the difference when it comes to like how many people fit in a bus, how many people fit in a train, all this stuff. Um, oddly enough, if you want to see a city that is designed to not have any cars at all and it's being built like right now, look up the line. And it's a project by Saudi Arabia. And they're trying to build a three-tiered city in a huge 55-mile line. And one tier is on the surface and the two other tiers are underground. And yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. Because yeah. there's, there's no cars allowed at all in the city. I did, I did see the line. I watched their promo video. I watched what they were trying to do. Um, it does seem pretty interesting. There are no cars and it's all clean energy, but I, to, for me, I just have to see, you know, I think there are a couple of these proposals and then when they get on the ground, they look and function completely differently once they have oh, yeah. a certain amount of funding secured. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, it's a cool idea, um, but uh, I guess I guess we'll see. 
what happens. Um, they can do anything with Saudi money, right? If they <laughs> just throw enough oil money at it, it'll yeah. happen. <laughs> it'll get built. Um, what do you love about doing the podcast? Um, I think what it really what it is is that it's like for me, it's a it's a self reflection thing, really. Like I get to talk about a common topic with other people that I know and love. And uh, it's like, I get to share my expressions about, you know, certain games and like certain other, other media. Cause we talk about movies on and TV on the show now sometimes. And uh, I just like having kind of like that decompression mode where it's like, Hey, I get to talk about, you know, chivalry two or this other game that I tried or like, you know, all these weird things and, and, and uh, just kind of get that out there. Also, our fucking um, our community is insane. It's like we have so many nice people in the DLG community. Uh, don't forget to check out the DLG um, Discord. It's really awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of awesome people there. The I was just gonna try to think of an acronym for our community. We could say like D D D Triple D. But anyways, this is going nowhere. <laughs> I'm just thinking out loud. Um, what is one thing that you're proud of and would want people to know about? Uh, it's being a dad. I mean, it's like, actually, I shouldn't say being a dad. Um, I should say my time in the Navy and all that I've accomplished in it. I haven't accomplished much like career wise. Like I just got a medal and like, I'm not really proud of it, but like everything that's happened in the last six years is going to shape my life for the rest of my life. Like I got married. I have a, I had a kid. It's like, uh, you know, I, I, really found out what it means to be like happy sure my body sucks now like it's falling apart but uh, i'm proud to get through my time in the navy with like no pickups or no problems sweet awesome i asked i'm not the kind of person that i'm gonna be like wearing a veteran's hat and be like global war on terrorism (laughs) you know i deserve extra napkins in this mcdonald's (laughs) man it's not it's not gonna be shit like that because we have so many people like that here dude because Augusta, Georgia is a military town, really. And uh, they stock yeah, extra see... napkins, I guess. Have to. Oh, yeah. No, they like, there's been so many times where it's like, I'm a veteran, you know, you should treat me with more respect. And the other person's like, so am I. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's <laughs> um, like, it doesn't matter. All right. Rapid so, fire round. Ready? Mm-hmm. Pumped? Would you say you're pumped? Oh, no, I'm pumped. Okay. I'm really excited. Uh, what is your favorite cheese? Uh, butter kase. Can you do a cartwheel? Oh yeah, no, definitely. Tell me about the time since I've already asked this question that you've pretended to be a mannequin. Um, I was a, I was a little kid, and I was in Macy's with my mom, and I think I was like nine years old, and I severely scared the shit out of my mom by hiding, and like as a mannequin, like in between racks of clothing and she looked for me for like 20 minutes and she was like yelling my name and eventually i scared her and like i've never seen so much so many emotions in someone's face in my life and and (laughs) since that day (laughs) just terror like relief anger anger. (laughs) (laughs) like all these other things like yeah that's good uh if you had to uh, Wrangler crocodile. Uh, would you wear Crocs or would you wear a crocodile hat? Um, probably. You know, Crocs are really shitty in the water. 
I mean, for the most part, like your standard croc, like your your normal Air Force One esque croc, you know, uh, it, it's it's shit in the water. So I'm gonna go with a hat. Like maybe I could confuse it a little bit, but nice. I'm, I'm gonna be tacking it from the back. Tacking it from the back, infusing it with the hat. Sounds like yeah. <laughs> Throw the hat in front of it and then attack it. There you go. Uh, okay. You said these before, but say them again. Say bum fuzzle. Bum fuzzle. Say fartlek. Fartlek. Say catty wampus. Catty wampus. Say tara diddle diddle diddle. Tara diddle diddle diddle. Feel like you didn't match my energy exactly. What what is your best impression? You know, you do really good impressions. What is what is the best one? Oh uh, man, um, I, I a lot of the impressions that I used to do, I mean, I could still do them right, but they're kind of culturally insensitive. Um, and unless you're kind of like in person, it's like yeah, I can do it because I grew up my whole life with Indian people and Filipino people. I can do a killer Indian and Filipino accent. I'm not going to do them, <laughs> but I can do them really well. And I've done them in front of Filipino people and Indian people multiple times. And they just find it to be hilarious. Right. Cause yeah. like, for example, one of my best friends is named Samir and he's Pakistani and his girlfriend's Indian. And his girlfriend's like, my mom's just constantly getting mad at me about, you know, not passing law school yet or like not finishing law school yet. And I'm like, doing her mom's voice <laughs> and she's dying yeah. and she's like you know if anyone else ever did that i'd punch him in the face but because it's you it's fucking hilarious <laughs> thanks perfect but yeah i would say my filipino and indian accents wonderful what is name exactly one fact about warhammer one one fact uh there's not just four chaos gods dun 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 for more information, listen to Nick's podcast on Warhammer. Okay. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. You can find us at dlgaming.net for more regular episodes. Thank you to our patrons who pay us to interview casters they already listen to every Tuesday. If you'd like to support us, visit patreon.com slash dlgaming or visit the Discord and tell Nick you would listen to his upcoming Warhammer podcast. Tell me, you know what? Join our, join our Discord. And send out a bum fuzzle if you hear this podcast and you're new to the Discord. So we know that we know that we sent you. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Me and we want to we no want to know the fucking Nick fans. All right. We're yeah. gonna tear down the Bobby establishment. <laughs> the Day's Empire is gonna burn, and the Emilio Enclave is just going to crumble itself because oh. of all the alcoholism. So. Oh yeah, that's been crumbling for a long time. Still. And then the Sniper Syndicate. I can't say that in front of Sniper. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Well. I do have a small but loyal following of sniper syndicates, syndicatists. It's, okay. it's all about that. It's all about that Nick Nation, you know. <laughs> okay, goodbye. All my all my assassins are called Nick at night. Goodbye.